Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Before we talk about Pope Francis and what he's up to, let's begin with Pope Benedict, because in his message for the World Day of Peace in 2010, he chose the theme, if you want to cultivate peace, protect creation. In his message, he says, creation is the beginning and the foundation of all God's works, and its preservation has now become essential for the Pacific coexistence of mankind. Man's inhumanity to man has given rise to numerous threats to peace and to authentic and integral human development, wars, international and regional conflicts, acts of terrorism and violations of human rights. Yet no less troubling are the threats arising from the neglect, if not downright misuse, of the earth and the natural goods that God has given us. Should Catholics worry about ecology? Didn't God give us the earth to take care of and use it responsibly? Well, Pope Francis thinks so. I'm Deacon Pedro, and today, on a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour, we deconstruct the encyclical, Laudato Si, on the care of our common home. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro coming to you from Houston. I'm here with Madeline Johnson at the Radio Ministry of the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. A special thank you to Madeline for allowing us to tape the show here. Now, why should we care for the environment? This, is this even a Catholic question? Is there a difference between a Catholic environmentalist and a secular one? What about subduing and dominating the earth what does it mean to steward the planet why is the pope writing about ecology and what did he write now these are some of the questions that we will be asking today now i think that most people think or i think would agree that we should care for the planet we're, we're bombarded from all sides with different reasons but again the question for me today is is there a catholic reason for doing so if you read Pope Francis's encyclical, Laudato Si, on care for our common home, you'll discover that there is, and it may not be what you expect. And to help us answer all these questions and unpack the encyclical, and to talk about the relationship between the church and ecology, I am now joined by an environmental engineer. She's also a Franciscan sister of the Eucharist, Sister Damien Marie Savino. She's the chair of the Environmental Science and Studies Department at the University of St. Thomas in Houston. Welcome, sister. Thank you, Pedro. It's good to have you back on the show. Um, Thank you. And you and I have been working on, on this topic for five years now. Yes. Um, as we, we work through our documentary series, Creation, that actually deals with this very same topic. So it's very exciting. Aren't you excited? Very excited. It's amazing after so many years of working together that 
the Pope now comes out with an encyclical on this very topic, and yes. we're right in there with absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. So it really uh, validates mm -hmm. the fact. I mean, all the work that you've done, all I mean, your career as a as a Catholic. I know you don't like to be called an environmentalist. You're a Catholic environmentalist. You're a, mm -hmm. you're a Franciscan sister. Can I can I ask you right off the bat that that question? Why should we care for the environment? A great question. And again, we've been working. Well, I have actually been working my entire life on this, probably, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and with being trained in the environmental field, but wanting to bring the Catholic faith to bear on the question. Yeah. And I well, and to maybe to use some of Pope Francis's words so we can start speaking the language yes. that he's speaking. For him, he has said and uh, is saying in a big way in the encyclical that to be green and to be Christian are not two different things. Right. It's and I think we could go back. It's as simple as going back to Genesis. What were the two commands we were given in Genesis? Be fruitful and multiply, and keep and till, till and keep the earth. Right. And that second one, well, both of them really are part of the reason why we care for creation. Right, right. And in and, and Genesis, since, since you brought it up, and that's also in the encyclical, there's a whole chapter on, on the biblical or the scriptural narratives, um, that all creation is good. Mm -hmm. All creation is good. And I think uh, a point there, which also comes out strongly in, in the encyclical, is it's good in itself. Okay. So yes. I, th I think, uh, and we speak about this in the creation series too, but yes. it's good for our use because obviously we can't live without eating, without tilling the soil, drinking water, right. you know, without energy um, and all of those various ways that we use creation. But creation in itself has a value as they, as is um, spoken over and over in the encyclical. But there's this kind of intrinsic goodness that each piece of creation has a purpose. Uh-huh. And each piece of creation, therefore, needs to be respected for that intrinsic goodness, not just for what it can give us. Right. So there's an intrinsic good mm -hmm. and an instrumental good. Yes. Um, because we're not saying that it's intrinsically good, so we should just leave it and not use it. Right. We're not saying, you know, we go back to uh, pre-civilization times. Right. Um, and I think probably that, that balance between the intrinsic good and the instrumental good is what we as human stewards have to figure out. And what I think what the Pope is saying with this encyclical is that we've gone too far on sort of mastering creation and thinking of it only as something for us to use. Right. And we haven't emphasized the intrinsic yeah. good enough. See, I'm, I'm thinking about, I mean, you mm -hmm. made it really clear that, that what we should care for the environment or ecology, I don't even know if there's a difference between those two words, and maybe we can talk about that. Um, but it's a, there's a biblical mandate. God has said, do this. Take care of the earth, till it, um, uh, but also be fruitful and multiply. And, and I think that, that part of our advances, our progress, if you want to call it that, is, is, is saying yes to that mandate. To be fruitful doesn't just mean having babies. It means go and invent things. Go figure out how to cure disease. Um, build things. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yes, yes. I mean, of course, it does include, uh, if I might just mention about your first point about being fruitful and having babies. Yes, I think it does include that. It does include that, and that means that also killing, um, keeping and tilling the earth includes... So the, the the caring for the environment includes both. So they're not they're not two separate commands or, or mandates, but part of the same. And I they're think that also comes same. out in the encyclical. It definitely comes out in the encyclical, and I think that's a difference between a secular 
environmental approach and a Christian or a Catholic environmental approach right. is the secular does, for whatever reason, tends to separate out and so and doesn't include that sense of the goodness of fruitfulness of the human person. Right. Um, and so we do, I think as a Catholics, we put those two things together. Okay. And it definitely comes out in the encyclical, but that's something where as a... A Catholic and and maybe and other Christian denominations probably put Absolutely. those things together. Absolutely. Too. Now we use the term stewardship, and and I, and I get does the term does that come out of that those two commands? The, what does it mean to be a steward or to 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 steward the earth? Yeah, and I would say yes, to be a steward probably could be. There's many ways you could look at it, but mm-hmm. um, stewarding uh, means taking care of things in the household. You know, a yes. steward takes care, and so that means. Our household, this earth, the word ecology comes from the Greek ekos, which means mm-hmm. home. Yes. And so um, ecology is the study of the home. So as stewards, we're caring for our common home. And it's interesting that the encyclical, the subtitle, is care for, for our, our common, common home. home. So, And I do think it involves both those commands in Genesis. Right. You said to me, you probably don't remember this, but way back when, five years ago, you or maybe not five years ago, but you said to me that stewardship includes gratitude. Yes. Tell me about that. Yes. And actually, I was interested to read that in the encyclical as yes, well, in there. the section on ecological conversion. But gratitude, because why? when you're grateful, it's because someone has given you a gift, for example. Uh-huh. That's one. And if you're trained properly, you say thank you for yes, that gift, yes. right? So creation is a gift to us. It's a gift that God gave to us. Mm-hmm. And and therefore, uh, when we receive that gift, we should receive it with gratitude. Right. So I think our fundamental response would be gratitude, which then becomes praise of creatures. Right, know? which I, we'll talk about St. Francis uh, uh, later on, but I guess that's his, his canticle of the creatures, mm-hmm. is, is, which, which is why he can praise the creatures he's not really praising the creatures the way we praise god catholic news from the archdiocese of baltimore and around the world from the catholic review with flood water as high as 20 feet from swelling bayous and waterways thousands of homes in the archdiocese of galveston houston flooded as tropical storm harvey continued to batter southeast texas august 28th the storm which made landfall august 26th as a category four hurricane was downgraded to a tropical storm and claimed at least nine lives. The record-breaking rainfall, as much as 28 inches over 24 hours in four counties in the archdiocese, was unprecedented and catastrophic, according to the National Hurricane Center. The region typically sees about 49 inches of rain a year. Archbishop William E. Laurie of Baltimore asked the Maryland faithful to join him in prayers for those affected by Hurricane Harvey. The victims of the flood and the volunteers and rescuers assisting them. He encouraged all to donate to relief efforts through their parishes or through Catholic Charities USA. Pro-life supporters at the Knights of Columbus Patapsco Council 1960 in Catonsville dedicated a memorial August 23rd to remember lives lost by abortion. The multi-year project began when parishioners from a neighboring Christian church offered the granite memorial to the Knights, who then installed it on council grounds. Organized by the Council's Chairman for the Culture of Life, Tim McCarthy, the 20-minute dedication featured a color core and procession along with praying of a 150-foot living rosary. Brian Protzman, a rising senior at Mount St. Joseph High School in Irvington and an Eagle Scout candidate with Troop 456 at St. Mark Church, 
added the finishing touches to the reflection garden by installing benches and landscaping for his Eagle Scout project. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Christopher Gunty. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica gift shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish in everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Gratitude is a response Mm -hmm. to the gift that we've been given Yes. which is also a reason why we need to care for creation. Is yes, exactly. Yes, I would say um, that, yes, this gratitude, we express our gratitude by caring for the gift of creation that's been given to us. And um, when we really look at creation, we see the beauty that's there. So going back mm-hmm. to the goodness of creation which the goodness kind of fundamentally inspires our gratitude as well. Right. And we see the beauty, the the goodness of that creation, and it inspires us with an awe and wonder that um, makes us want to say thank you. That yeah. you know, when you when you look at something really beautiful, you get you're you're open to that sense of gratitude because you feel a sense of gratuitousness mm-hmm. in the in this beauty. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That um, it's it's just so far beyond you know, beauty takes us beyond ourselves. Yeah. And I think gratitude takes us beyond ourselves. Instead of being focused on ourselves, we're, we're wanting to thank the other. Yeah. And so we could say that the, 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 the need or the, the maybe need is not the right word, but to care for creation begins with that sense of wonder. Um, yes. Just to note, um, I'm speaking with Sister Damien Marie Savino. She's a Franciscan sister of the Eucharist, and she's also an environmental engineer. We're talking about Laudato Si, Pope Francis's encyclical on the care for our common home, on, on the relationship between the Catholic Church and our teachings and our faith and the ecology 
Um, you, Sister Deal, because you are, I mean, you're a religious sister, but you're also, uh, you're a professional, you teach at a university, you, you're a scientist, you deal mm -hmm. with people in all kinds of scientific fields all the time. Not all of them are Catholic, not all of them are Christian. Mm -hmm. How do you explain to them, so a secular approach, how do you kind of help them understand that that balance, that Catholic approach between, let's say, the instrumental and the int intrinsic good, or what it means to be a steward, steward? How would you explain that to someone who's not of, of the faith? Yes, and over the years I've worked with many, many people who aren't necessarily of the faith. I'm a trained engineer, and um, I think we have a lot of common ground to speak from, because mm -hmm. someone who studies ecology and environmental concerns can recognize that when we damage the environment or degrade the environment, it ultimately comes back on us. So if we put chemicals in the water, ultimately we, we will drink that water and we'll get sick. Um, if we destroy land, ultimately, then we're left with a blighted landscape that right. we can. So I think on that foundational level, there is a common ground that we share. And then I, what that helps, many secular environmental environmental engineers or ecologists mm -hmm. recognize that there is something underneath all of this that is actually our own decisions, our interior disposition, mm -hmm. our behaviors. And so if we can uh, help them understand that what we, can, what we have or what we can offer from a Christian standpoint is help with how we behave in a way that's proper, how we behave in a way that's respectful of creation. And so that whole inner self is where the church can speak to, the, the behaviors right. and that kind of conversion. And I think on a secular level, many, many people can understand that. Yeah. I do think yeah. that the church, that there's still almost another piece missing, and I know we'll probably get to it because it's in the encyclical, but you can begin with the sense of wonder from a completely mm -hmm. secular point of view and still from there go maybe a little too far and and and, and begin using creation for my benefit you know like kind of what what or 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 abusing it i suppose i'm, I'm talking about abusing what is the, the the balance between abusing creation and enjoying creation yeah and it's that's what we we have to decide about but i think uh, and <laughs> that's, that's what we're here yeah that's yeah, uh, that's what we're here today and i think we do have this tension between those who say well, it's there for us to use and that that side of the scales is complete instrumental and yeah. then there are those many environmentalists who say, well, wait a minute, we have to preserve everything. And so we kind of, and I think that the Catholic approach, and I hope this comes out as we unpack the encyclical and live with it into the years ahead, mm -hmm. is that the Catholic approach is in between. It's a both right. and that somehow is seek, seeking the balance of the both. And ultimately, it comes back to the human person, how we how we think of ourselves, how we behave, what kind of ethical decisions we make. Right. And because that's all played out, our interior disposition is played out in how we treat the created world. Mm -hmm. So we got to come back to that. Yeah. And and this is not new. I mean, today we have an encyclical, Pope Francis, but in fact, the encyclical begins by quoting, I think he begins with Paul the Sixth. Uh, sorry, John the 23rd, John the 23rd Paul yeah. the Sixth, John Paul the Second. And I began the program on purpose, quoting Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, who is known... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but he is known as the Green Pope. Yes, many people have called him that. Why? He wrote extensively on 
environmental issues, and but again, following in the footsteps of the of his the, predecessors. Uh, yeah, but in Caritas and Veritate, there's a section in which he deals with environmental questions. And then he not only wrote about it as a theologian um, and with a very penetrating insight into the root causes of the issues, but then he did things. So when the Paul right. VI audience hall needed needed a new roof, they, it's now covered with solar, solar panels. panels yeah. And so he really did try to advocate the doing of what he was writing about theologically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's it's amazing because Pope Francis is taking another step and expanding that one paragraph or that one section of Caritas and Veritate now into mm -hmm. an entire encyclical and picking it up from his own particular charism as Pope Francis. What would you say were some unique uh, uh, thoughts from Pope Benedict or even before Cardinal Ratzinger, because even before he was Pope, he was writing about, about the environment, some maybe one or two themes that were unique to what he brought to the table? Well, one I would say, and it's it's in one of his books that's a compilation of homilies that he wrote when he was a bishop in Germany. In the beginning. <laughs> yes, yes, it's called In the Beginning. Wonderful. Very small book, but so full of so much to be unpacked. Yes. But he ends the book, and I'll see if I can remember the exact quote. I have read it so many times, but uh, we can win the future only if we do not lose creation. Yes. And the fact that that book has ended with that was such a strong statement from someone who isn't an emotional It's very dramatic. Writer. Yes. Yeah, it's very dramatic. And when he's so then in the book he has spoken about how creation, the nature of creation has been concealed throughout basically since the Enlightenment, but um, and certainly through the Industrial Revolution and, and mm -hmm. the development of technology and such. Mm -hmm. So um, that we have concealed it in a number of ways. And uh, one of which is by kind of a materialistic paradigm right. that looks at creation only as matter and uh -huh. um, and without the sense of a creator who has created it. Yes. And so, so in a sense, we have eliminated, if we're materialistic in how we look at creation, we eliminate the creator. Right. right? And then the term creation becomes nature. Yes. Um, and so then creation, he even talks about we need to get creation back in our vocabulary. Just right. that term, and right. I uh, I believe I know I saw a passage on that in the new encyclical. Yes. But so when and when we eliminate the creator, we want to become the creator. Yes. And then we become the masters and dominators, and that's when we get into problems. Yes, and that is actually very clearly in the encyclical. Mm -hmm. you, know, you take God out of the picture, and we want to make ourselves the gardeners. I mean, we are yeah. the gardeners. Sorry, the creators. But Pope Benedict also talked about. Uh, he used an expression, and I think John Paul II also did uh, an expression, the human ecology. Yes. Uh, tell me about that. Yes, they both used that. And um, this idea of human ecology as expanding beyond not just the natural world, but um, the fact that we are interconnected, right? So you can't mm -hmm. take the human out of ecology. Okay. So the human ecology includes... Um, economics includes so our social relationships with each other, mm -hmm. the moral structure with which human beings are endowed so that we we choose between what we believe to be right or wrong or good and bad. Right. Um, all of that is, uh, and then our ecology of how we look at God, I mean, all of that is part of our human ecology. Right. So can we say that the Catholic approach is more holistic or more integral Inter, I guess integral ecology, more integral in that it's not just looking at the natural world, nature, 
but also it, it, it includes life and family issues, uh, social justice issues, concern for the poor or option for the, you know, preferential yes. option for the poor. Uh, yes. So yes, social teaching, basically. Mm -hmm. um, yes, that's. And when we use the word Catholic with a small c, it means universal. universal. Yes. And I think in this case, this is a good example of that because it's truly a holistic ecology. It's an integral ecology. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Baltimore native George Weigel, best-selling author and the preeminent biographer of St. John Paul II, will speak about his new book, Lessons in Hope, My Unexpected Life with St. John Paul II, at the Baltimore Basilica on September 21st at 7 p.m. In his new book, Weigel takes readers behind the scenes as history is made in the Vatican and beyond, and ponders the lessons he learned from a saint about the nobility of the human spirit. For more information, call 410-547-5523 or visit americasfirstcathedral.org. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.